Nosotros queremos construir el socialismo. Nos hemos declarado partidarios de los que luchan por la paz. Nos hemos declarado dentro del grupo de países no alineados, a pesar de ser marxistas-leninistas, porque los no alineados como nosotros luchan contra el imperialismo. Queremos paz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Rebel Radio with me, Rab, and you, Jamie. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Aye. It's just, for those that are listening, uh, unless he leaves that take in, yeah, that's his it. second take. Aye, we full start. We full start. What happens to the best is. Start. Uh, leave it in. That's what I say. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Um, mm. I heard you've got a question for me. Aye, so as tradition dictates, it's my turn this week to ask you a, a trivia question. So... I've gone relatively topical. Right. So, having recently signed Barkas from AK, my question that I will put to you is this. In the 1920 season, our new man Barkas made 41 appearances in all competitions, mm-hmm. whereas our old man, Forster, made 39. Mm-hmm. Which of the pair of them had more clean sheets for roughly the same amount of games? Critic abundant Barkas. I need, uh, well, do you know how many? Roughly. Was it 16? No. How many was it? So, you're right, it was a flippy coin, I'll give you that. I need to give you mad harder questions. You asked you me, how, me. Many, how many points and all that, but last week, that's a lot of nonsense. You've gave me a multiple choice, and as we discussed, because you've got exams this week, multiple choice questions are a joke. So They are. Thank you, God. You know. They are a beautiful joke. Uh, so I built my mincemate, so you make me start stating up your question game. Aye. Well, anyway, the answer is, aye, it's Barkas. 41 appearances. He conceded 34 goals, because I think AK right. had a bit of a disastrous start to the season, but then he went on to have 22 clean sheets. Right. How many did Big Foster have? Uh, conceded 28 or 27, depending on where you look, and I couldn't really be bothered going back through it all, and 17 clean sheets. I knew he was about 16, 17, but I wasn't sure. Um, good. Well, he's obviously a better goalkeeper then. And that's how that works. Trust in the pudding, my man. And Chris Boyd's the greatest striker ever playing Scotland. Correct. Um, right, okay. Uh, should we should we jump on to the news this week? Aye, charge on. We may as well. Because I like to talk about that game. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, aye, the news this week, we're a bit light on news, actually. Um, I know. It's... It, it seems to be pretty much in the exact same situation as we were last week. When I was sitting in the Costa del Sol, um, listeners will be pleased to hear that I'm now back in more familiar climates. Um, the Costco del Sol. Aye, that's right, spring one. Good, yeah. I like that one. So, aye, uh, we've, we've been linked still with Ayeti. There was rumours towards the end of last week that he, um, that he in fact was out. He wasn't up for the move, that he wasn't sure about Celtic. Um, Hoopsman Brian clarified that. Over the last few days, and he is ITK. He's um, as everybody and anybody who is on say, like Twitter knows. Um, it turns out that Ayeti was in, is it St. Gallen, with his brothers? Yes. And is now in Sardinia um, with these brothers as well, apparently, and his family on holiday. So I think the guy is just taking That's his time. A couple of good holidays, to be fair. I would take my time at all if I could have that sort of opportunity. 
I think he's just, uh, I think he's just kicking back and chilling out. So, I, I don't really have anything to add to to that one, other than to say, uh, please come and play for us. Uh, that'd be good. <laughs> it would be still, good if you would come here and play your trade for a year. Still, somewhat worried that we're still being we're being linked with midfielders as well, but no defenders. Well, part of this left back, sorry, there was another left back as well mentioned during the week. Yes, the uh, I can't remember his surname. Oh, I know me either. Tenuous, tenuous link anyway because we've got two. And as I've said before, I, I suspect that unless we are in dire straits with Bolly and, and Lenny just can't play him, then I suspect we'd probably be looking to get shot at Bolly before we, um, before we, we, we bring in another left back. Aye, but we still we need two centre backs as well. So that's this is that's the worrying part more than anything. And having watched the Aberdeen a bit, sorry, not all of it, a bit of the Aberdeen and Rangers game, I'm even less convinced of Scott McKenna than than ever, to be honest. So I tell you who I would sign. You ready? You ready for you ready for this one? God, here we go. Do you know who I would bring in for a year? Charlie McGrew. <laughs> Are you going to justify this with something that's worth listening to, or are you just, just going to Charlie Mulgrew's justified his existence at Celtic for a good four or five years already. <laughs> um, I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good guy to have in the squad. I think it would be vastly different for him under Lennon than it would have been under Dial or even Rogers. I think he's a decent enough centre-half. I don't think he would be playing every week, but I think he's a guy that could do a job for us. And if we need to sign two centre-halves, I would be more than happy if one of them was Charlie Mulgrew. As long as the other one is... An actual, you know, like centre back under the age of twenty nine. Charlie McGrew is about thirty four, I think. Now, I 30, 33, 34. Um, I don't know, mate. I've always liked the guy. I wasn't very impressed with the dialer a couple of times. I thought he was pretty bad with dialer, but I've always liked him. And I think this season, uh, it would be good to have him a bit of rest room as well. Would they get a game in front of Beaton? I I would rather have Beaton in midfield, mate. Uh, I don't know, mate. It's a very congested position for us. It is, but if would... we're going to have, if we're going to have a team of players, right? We're going to play a back three. You're telling me, even at thirty-four, Chico Modini can he sit on the left side of a back three? We get Taylor outside him, and I inside him, and just sees we through a game. Sees way through a game. Like and the SBL, I exactly. So I'm just saying, put it out there as a fourth choice centre half. You know, you always sign somebody as a third choice. Yes. You know, okay. you've got Welsh there as well, you get Beaton in there as well. I reckon a big man would draw all these hands and needs to come up here and play for us for another year. This is a wildly speculative uh, <laughs> suggestion that has largely been brought about by the fact I just seen him on Keep the Ball on a deck this week with Simon Ferry and Paul Slay and Kevin Kyle, but it did get me thinking he would be a good player to have up here for the ten. So I'm up for it. Bring Charlie McGrew back up. And while you're yeah. at it, get a couple men of that old team up and all. Ah, Gary Hooper. Exactly. Right. Uh, aye, what and else? then the other link is Ivan Tony. Aye, the, again, I've said it last week, the link that just will not go away. Yep. So there must um, be some truth in it anyway. So. Again, a man in the know-hoops man, Brian, did say last week that there was a £5 million bid made and, and rejected. I think I think our success with Tony will be dependent on their game tonight because Brentford are playing Fulham in the playoff final, aren't they? Yep. And Brentford are the other team who are in for him. And yep. apparently, for the bit accepted, so the rumor is uh, that you know if, if they get promoted, that potentially would be looking to go there for the season, supposed to Celtic. Mad, isn't um, it? Mad, mate. Mad, Brentford, that's super fighting there. Brentford. I know they're moving to a new stadium and all that, and they've they've got a good reputation for making money. They're very. They're, I watched quite a good thing about Sky Sports about them actually. And they're down to earth. 
for the sounds of it, the chairman, you know, they're a small club, they're a, a selling club and all that, and they do their homework, so, but still, Brentford, he's peace, man. Hard work, hard to swallow if they get KB and a five and Tony for Brentford, wouldn't it? I know. Just shows you about the bottom of the English Premiership. They throw money about and business. It's terrifying. Uh, hopefully, Scotty Parker will and get the job done tonight. Yeah. And that's the end of the name. Um, Kalina was a left back. Kalina. That was the name for Split. Hadjuk Split, I think it was. Off. I barely know her. Kalina. Barely know her. Right. Uh, Any man news? I. Let me check. No. No, that's it. Right, okay. Should we move on to the men's Talk segment? about this. Let's talk about this football, this game. Talk about this game that took place. No. First no. competitive Celtic fixture since uh, this podcast began. It is. And what a way, what a way, to, what a way to do it. Um, Celtic were absolutely frightening at spells on Saturday, weren't they? Didn't Aye. The, the gulf between us and Aaron was very, very vast. Um, they didn't get near us for a lot of the game and we were just playing with them at times. It was brilliant. So, for those that don't know, Rangers won 1-0 on Saturday away to Aberdeen. And as tends to be the case in the SPFL, it's pretty much going to be a two-horse race um, this year, or a, a one-horse race as it's been for the last nine seasons. Um, but Rangers played away to Aberdeen, which is a, traditionally quite a tough ground for them to go to. Um, they got the win. So, I guess you would say that Celtic were expected to respond um, on Sunday. Um, I don't think Rangers, I watched it, they were one of the most impressive. Yeah. Aberdeen had nothing up front, didn't have much to play against, but they, they did a job. And uh, afterwards, Stevie Gerrard came out and said that that was Rangers putting a marker down, um, you know, and, and letting people know where they are this season. Well, if you thought that was a marker, <laughs> you should have came and watched this game on Sunday because, as you mentioned, Rob, there was, uh, there was a massive... Uh, discrepancy or whatever you'd call it between the, the two teams in terms of the, the quality of players they had in the park now I don't think um, Aki's are going to go down this year um, I, I, and it spells in the first half I was quite impressed with them uh, they, they look fit they look yeah. well organised they look good defensively uh, I thought their game changed when Hughes went off in the first half and big Ockham Pokemon uh, I thought they lost a lot of legs in the front three um, but I think uh, Celtic pretty much just dismantled them didn't they aye I've credit as I was actually going to say that um, I've got that in my notes is that Hamilton weren't actually bad. They didn't play poorly. Um, they were just a wee bit toothless from midfield to front. Um, Bain had two, two or three saves to make at least. So they definitely they, they put pressure on us, and uh, their goal was just that was so lucky. It was two deflections and in, wasn't it? But yeah, um, I think I mean they weren't good for their goal, but they worked hard and. I would say they probably deserved at least one out of it, at least because they did play pretty well. And I agree with you. I don't think I don't think they'll go down either based on that. Um, they had a couple of good players. I Hughes was good until he went off, and the lad that played against Taylor, the right winger, young boy. He was, that was was it? That was Hughes that played it there. Aye, good player. Good player. Aye, he looked tidy. He looked good. Uh, I was, you know, Ockham was a, a good big forward, and as usual. Um, Julian struggles against bigger guys, so I was a wee bit concerned when he came off the bench that at two one maybe they'd have still kind of been in, in the game, you know, and maybe maybe had a chance to come back in a wee bit. But you know, Selig, it just looked to me as if Selig turned the thrusters on um, after they equalised, and that was it. We, we were gone. Um, Celtic started with what you would imagine, as we've mentioned before, as the strongest lineup, um, the sort of first team that started our way through it pre-season. Uh, they looked quite slick, didn't they? 
We did. Aye. Um, you know, I've written. We've got everyone's got pass pass marks, but there's two that I want to talk about that I think could improve. And you're you're going to laugh at one of them, and the other one is again probably somewhat not controversial, but a bit. Mm-hmm. But you, you you wouldn't expect it. I don't yeah. think Scott Brown played very well. Mm-hmm. I think he was bullied a bit by a couple of the younger midfielders physically. He was mm-hmm. he's still got it obviously up top. He's a couple of yards ahead, spot, uh, breaking up, up the play and doing that good role, that good job of dropping back whenever Taylor or Foss or Frimpong or even both of them at times push on up the park and he, he sits in and gives us a back three. But I think he's I saw a couple of stats that were backing that up saying that the Jules won was down significantly on last year and the the ground covered and stuff like that. But I mean it's one game, I know it's if it, it's a trend that continues, it's it's worrying, but it's a one off. But hopefully it's not a sign of things to come. But he's been written off for the last god knows how many years and proves I've derang, so I don't I, know. I've got to say, I mean, I didn't see that at all. Um, I didn't think he, he. I don't think he had much competition in there. I thought the the two guys, uh, Callahan and, and uh, Martin, offered something a physical sort of threat. Certainly, Martin was kind of mouthing off to him at first, but in terms of kind of how the game ebbed and flowed, I just thought it it was dictated by by Scott Brown. Um, oh, and he gave the ball away a few times. It did. Yeah, I think wasn't his usual tidy self. I think he's started slowly for the last two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, he's taken a few games to get up to speed. Now, I didn't. I don't necessarily agree that he started slowly on Sunday. But if he did, in your eyes, and I would only imagine that it's probably something to do with the fact that he's thirty-five or thirty-six, whatever he is. And you know, he, he seems to me as if he takes a few games to get into his stride these days. Aye, um, and I, you know, maybe maybe if, if that's the case, then and so be it. But no, I thought I thought we were fairly comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, open to scoring. Um, pretty early on in the game, actually, it was twenty minutes in. Um, big Edward Oddson, um, or what is it? Oddward Edson. Oddward Edson. Finishing off a really good piece of play, um, a really good piece of play actually, which culminated in Greg Taylor pinging the ball right across the front of the goal to him. Um, ten minutes later, uh, G Frimps the back post across from uh, again for Greg Taylor. Taylor. So you're then. talking full back to full back there. You know, the opposition's penalty box, uh, playing crosses and scoring goals, which I think tells you all you need to know. As you mentioned, Rob Hamilton did get one back before half time uh, when, when the aforementioned Martin had a shot through outside the box with his left foot that hit Callum McGregor and then Julian. Julian instinctively. And even then, Scott Bain was unlucky not to get Aye. it. I thought he was very unlucky. And, and it did make me wonder if he saves that. How do you drop him next week? Do you know what I mean? Like, would you, which was a risk, you know, playing him in there in front of, you know, Barkas. Even if he'd uh, put Barkas's gloves on, I think he would have got to that. Have you seen the size of that guy's horns? Oh my God. Shovels, mate. Pause, eh? Shovels. Aye. Aye. Uh, for Frimpong's goal, an overlooked uh, part of the build up for me was Ellen Yussi missing out the pass to then slip it through to McGregor. I thought it was really clever. Because yep. anybody else who was first game of the season, you'd want to go off to a flyer and get involved in everything. You'd want to take a touch on that and you'd be at risk of maybe taking a heavy one in the box or whatever and letting the play go by. But you let it go through to Taylor, who then smashed it at the back post. It was a great piece of play. Enjoyed that. Yep. Super intelligent player, isn't he? Uh, so I see that watching him straight away. Aye, he knows where he's, 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 
he's a wary of Ingram under him, and he's going to be if we can keep him fit for this season, he's going to be a really exciting player to watch. Right. I think very important. Um, Celtic immediately after that, as I say, sort of turned the thrusters on. So the 15 minutes before half time, I thought we were terrific, some really good flowing football, and um, unlucky going to the break, just two one up. I, I would say in the first half something did show up, and Sky Sports news stats brought it up. Uh, sorry, Sky Sports stats brought it up, um, and I watched it on Sky Sports because I'm not listening to Johnny Mack and the faithful for any more than you know the, the the 10 minutes I need to at Celtic Park before a game, but. They, uh, they brought up a stat that showed that we'd conceded nearly 50% of our goals in the league last year from set pieces. Now, that is a stat that is a bit skewed because I think we only conceded about 19 goals last year in the league. Right. Um, so, you know, 10 goals for set pieces isn't, isn't great. But um, I wonder this year especially, with Frimpong and Taylor as sort of fullbacks, we only have three players in the first team who are over six foot, apart from the goalkeeper. And Edward gets left up for corners. Do you think we need to bring in somebody, you know, maybe at full back or, or even in another position that's got a bit of height that can offer us a bit of security in that role? Uh, well, I don't know. It's hard because who are you bringing in to replace? Like, is it Frimpong and Taylor that you're replacing? And do you, how do you drop? How do you drop these guys? The player you'd need to bring in would probably need to cost an awful lot of money to be able to to slot in ahead of these guys. And yeah. we're at the stage now where we've got a squad that, I mean, I've said that about guys like Callum McGregor and uh, Ryan Christie before, that if they were playing for a championship team in England or if they were playing abroad, we wouldn't be able to afford them. Well, that's the level we've been lucky that we've got these guys in. So I don't know who we could draw, afford to drop and afford to buy to be able to replace them. It's a hard question, man. I, I, under, I, I, I second your opinion and I second that's, that we need extra height in the side. But at what, but at what cost? <laughs> who's getting, who's getting dropped? <laughs> I, I, it's a hard one, mate, because I'm sitting looking at this lineup just now and I'm thinking, if it was me, I think if we can get a taller left back in, then Taylor would go. I think what I would be inclined to do is bring in a a taller left back and play Taylor and Frimpong as part of a three five two away from home in Scotland. But I wouldn't want to play a three five two at home because we don't need three centre halves mm-hmm. uh, at home uh, in the league for the most part. I like Taylor a lot, but I think Taylor is quite suspect defensively. Um, and it's certainly in one on one situations, you, you know, it was two or three times the other day that the, the, the winger was capable of knocking the ball past them and putting it into the box. I'm not saying that that is something that he should be defending every time because obviously a bit of skill, pace or trickery with a winger is the easiest thing to, to stop. But I did think that there was occasions where his one-on-one play um, wasn't he great. And again, you get away with that at home. Yeah, he's in the league, but I, I do think we should probably be looking at somebody who can play left-back that's got a bit of height. And I noticed we were linked with Backer during the week at PSG and I don't know if that's true or no, but if it is, it's good. I'm happy to hear that because mm-hmm. that is somebody who... Obviously, Frimpong roasted him a few times when we were playing them away, but but that's somebody who's a tall, big right. uh, left Athletic. back who can play out there. And you know, I would, I'm not saying I would want, I would want to be Greg Taylor out of the team by any stretch of imagination, but I do think that we need somebody out there because, uh, as I say, we're, we're very susceptible to, to crosses. And you'll notice today, Rangers went out and signed two players that are six foot two and six foot four. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, no. I'm suggesting that that's the, the tactic so they can beat us at set pieces, but uh, but I just think that we, we should we need to be aware of that going forward. Yeah. Um. 
just just on this note, though, and I'm all looking at this team at the minute, and I was going to ask you this question yesterday, uh, but I Aye. thought I'd better save it for the save it for the pod. And your lifetime of watching Celtic, purely in technical terms, is this the most technically gifted Celtic team that you've seen? Um, let me think. So man for man. So my immediate thought there was no, but I'm now making sure of that because my I think the Martin and side doesn't get the praise that it that it should in terms of their technical ability because I don't other than maybe guys like Momo Silla and Ulrich Lawson the fringe guys they they were eleven footballers or really good players it just happened to be units as well big guys but. I don't know, mate. I think it's a close one. It is a close one. I think we're going to need to wait and see. I got a bit excited on Sunday watching that game because mm-hmm. I looked at them and I thought to myself, this team's going to score. This, this team, at some point this season, is going to score one of the goals of the century. You know, they just look as if they've got that mm-hmm. sort of ability in their locker. Two full-backs bombing and two midfielders covering... Forrest, El Unice and, and Christie. Now, where do you even start the rank? I think there's... I mean, uh, they're definitely different sides those two that I was talking about, but I think, I mean, Lennon was obviously tidy, tidy player. Lambert, Petrov, phenomenal. Thompson, Sutton, Larson. Sutton could play anywhere in the park. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it's, it's a hard one. I think this team are pacier. And they're mm-hmm. quicker in transitioning than what Martin Ellis were. Mm-hmm. And they're probably a wee bit slicker with the ball on the ground. Mm-hmm. But again, I think to not give that Martin Ellis side credit for being technically good footballers is quite dangerous. So I think they were. I think they're very, very good. I don't disagree. I, I just yeah. I think I think when you put the ball in the dirt to this team are better at moving it. And again, that will be proven over the course of this season, and and you know, I guess towards points in last season as well when they were playing so well. But mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, a news team done it on a bigger stage and, and that sort of stuff. But I just, I just, there was times I was watching that on Sunday, thinking to myself, we're going to absolutely lacerate some teams this mm-hmm. year. You know, and you could just see, you know, and again, we've spoken about it before, but I don't think you can overestimate the value of this Celtic team getting a rest mm-hmm. for the first time. A lot of them won't have a rest in ten years of playing football. You know, even the younger guys. So it's going to be quite exciting to watch how they progress going forward, and especially if we do go and add a couple more players. Aye. You know what they're going to be like. You know, I think that if if you're going by depth as well, I think we have more depth than Aye. that other side does. Because that well, I, I wasn't bench... trying to make a direct comparison as such. I was just me trying to sort of, um, so sort of, you know, I was just me trying to sort of point out that this team, technically player for player, I would argue that your guys like Julian and Aya, um, Frimpong especially, um, you know. I would argue that, that the three that by four are better than any three defenders, you know, at football than the Neil had, you know. Aye. Um so yep. so yep. In, in that respect you've you've got goals and as you say, pace and sort of directness coming from everywhere in the park and uh, okay. I've just uh, again I think this this if they can keep this pace up, this season's gonna be a cracker. Definitely. Well the bench as well, I'm just looking at it now, the bench is frightening. That was oh. unbelievable the weekend. Speaking of the bench, because obviously we, you know, just just for those that didn't know, Barkas, Beaton, Klamala, Sorrow, Rogic, Cham, Bolingoli, El Hamed, and Dembele. <laughs> Only three. The, the new the new rule came in last week. We've got five subs available in any three instances of of uh, sort of substitutions. 
you noted during the game that you were the best pleased with the fact that they were on the 81st him. minute and that there was no many such any movement. That... And Cham was made on the 70th minute. Um, uh, and Cham came on on the 70th minute and then 80, 85, 86 minutes for the, for the other three. Mm. thought that was a bit... A bit slow off the mark, but I understand that he probably has given the boys minutes. He's getting minutes under the belt. It wasn't a particularly nasty game, so I don't think the risk of any injury was any greater than normal. Maybe pulling up with a hammy or a calf. Um, so I do understand why he gave the guys tight, but he gave them the minutes. But I mean, and again, hilarious. I've said that or five minutes. That's nonsense. Your man Klamala comes on and pots one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I think. I don't. It will be interesting to watch how Lennon adapts, or if if he does at all, having these extra subs because mm-hmm. he traditionally doesn't use them until after sixty-five minutes anyway. When we when we have three, doesn't he make any big changes? He kind of lets the boys get on with it and see if they can adjust themselves. Yeah, I was disappointed not to see uh, Rogic come off the bench the other day. Um, I don't know if it's a fitness thing, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, as you say, I think he's probably just trying to get minutes into the players' legs, isn't he? Aye. I think if Rodgers was going to come on, it would have been for Christie. And I think he is keen on getting Dembele minutes this, this season. Mm-hmm. Just kind of not so much, you know, playing very often, but just slowly drip-feeding them into the team. And at 5-1 up or 4-1 up at that time, and I think that was a perfect time to get the wee man on, to be honest. No pressure. I think um, I think let's get to this time of the podcast just now where we get to pick your man of the match um, and the way that we I've do given, that. Um, I've not given you who my other disappointing figure for the day was. Well, is it me? No, no, no. I didn't actually think that other than his three goals, Edward had a particularly good game, which is hilarious considering he scored a hat-trick. He's done absolutely everything that he's paid to do. But other than that, his involvement in the game was pretty sparse. Mm-hmm. Didn't he really get involved with either El Nusi or Forrest? Um, and he came wide an awful lot for the ball. He didn't really stick, he didn't push up, he didn't stick. I know he likes doing that coming out, but he didn't. Um, I don't think he had much much to do other than three one touch finishes almost. Hmm. But I, um, I listened to an MMA podcast, right? It's called The Hammer MMA. I've listened to it for about 10 years now, and there's a guy on it that says things, and I just think. Where did you come from, mate? And I'm not going to lie, mate. You're giving me That's sort of right. flashbacks of him uh, this episode because there's going to be people sitting there just now going, hold on a minute. <laughs> What's well, in Edward and Scott Brown had poorer games on Sunday? I mean, if anything, it's a testament to how good Edward is that he set the bar that high, that he scored three, and I still don't think he had the greatest game. Like, mm. I, don't, I just don't, I think it was, it was good, don't get me wrong, but I just thought he was a bit passive. Throughout, okay. but again, I'm not disappointed. Say, I mean, if if, I, if he does that every week, I am more than happy. Would you say he's no interested? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I'm no. Uh, Frankie Mack. Frankie Mack. Can we go into the man of the match? Because I'm dying to talk about Ryan. Christ. Please, I hurry up, eh? So the way we're going to work it this year is we obviously had a player first annual player of the year Rebel Radio Awards in uh, April, probably episode two or three, I think it was, wasn't it? Or episode one, actually, wasn't one, it? Maybe. Um, but the way we're going to work it this year is we're going to we're going to basically do it on a match by match basis. So any competitive game that Celtic play, and we'll select a man of the match, and at the end of that, whoever has got the most will be will be the player of the year. Um, and uh, I'm sure they'll be delighted. Danny, Danny, make a spreadsheet. 
Sounds like it. We could just put it in the shared notes with hope, but um, I, it might be worth a spreadsheet. So, obviously, I'm going to go for Ryan Christie. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even believe the player he's turning into. Um, I know we sort of spoke about him last week and about his physicality and that sort of stuff, but there was times watching him on Sunday where I was just looking at him going like, but, you know, over the past two seasons, two and a half seasons, he's just developed into this, you know, superstar that's playing in midfield for it so much so that he's just, I mean, Tom Roberts, you could argue, is a Celtic great, you know, and he's not getting a sniff just now because Ryan Christie is just playing out his skin and has been for a while now, but I, on Sunday in particular, I just thought he was absolutely outstanding. Oh, Every time he got the ball into his feet, whether he was being tightly marked or whether or not he had a bit of space, he was just making tremendous first touches and, and being able to play a pass mm-hmm. um, quickly. Um, and there was a particular moment in the second half where the ball came over his shoulder, they had a defender behind him, and he just pulled out this guy with his left foot and passed it in to Scott Brown. And I just kind of, it was one of the moments you're sort of sitting on the couch going, What am I watching just now, you know? Um, I always think when games are on Sky that there'll be guys down south who don't usually watch Celtic, who, you know, as I would do sometimes if it was a game on down south, just stick a game on and just watch it. And I was thinking to myself, man, there must be folk looking at this just now going, who the hell is that guy, you know, and how much how much would he cost, you know, because he, he just looked head and shoulders for me, you know, in that midfield better than anybody. Mm-hmm. He just looked technically so good, um, you know, big physical, clever, a threat going forward. I mean, that pass he put through a Forrest when, it, when the ball was kind of rolling towards him and Forrest was on his right shoulder. And he just taps it with the defender with his left fit and sort of. He's got a again. He's one of the guys that will probably you know benefit from a good rest. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm buzzing to look to see Dan Christie. You know, as we as we progress this season, because I just thought he looked absolutely sensational absolutely. on Sunday night. Yep, I agree, hundred percent. I think he looks. If if you didn't know who he was, and he didn't have the name in the back of his shirt, you would mistake him for being a continental player. Like in a heartbeat, there's no. He does not have fit that kind of typical Scottish footballer mould at all in any way. He's quick. He's technical. Um, he's clever. Aye, he's he was he, he had a particularly good game on Sunday. I did. I thoroughly enjoyed watching. Are you going for him for man of the match as well? Uh, it was a close call. I was thinking that it might have went McGregor, but having rewatched. Chunks of the game, I'm, I'm choosing Christie. Good. There we go. So, two points for Callum McGregor completed 100 of 110 passes. Mm. And I like those kind of stats. But I also just enjoy Callum McGregor as a footballer, to be honest. Incredible. Nice. He was tremendous. And again, it was one of the games, you know, you're not going to get you're not going to get many like that over the course no. of the season. Um, have you got the stats in front of you? For for the game at the weekend, go and look at them if you've not got them. So I want to ask you a question. I've only got the lineups. Good. Um, what do you think the possession statistics were? Uh, did we not get 63 or something? 63%? We may have done, but according to um, according to Google, right. the possession stats were 81% to 19%. <laughs> We had 685 passes, we had 88% pass accuracy, um, whereas Aki said 156 passes, we had 54% pass accuracy, and we had uh, 25 shots to their seven. Good. We were quite M- dominant. Mirror the same, please. 
many the same. I take after the next thirty five <laughs> games. Um, I um, I I think it's just it was just one of the games where you know you couldn't have asked much better for them. Um, it was an, a pity that the Hamlet scored the first, but the game finishes halfway. Edward scoring his hat trick. Um, so he gets uh, his second, and was it 45 and 51 or something like that, something wasn't like it? That, and then, uh, as you mentioned earlier, own big part of the cat comes off the bench and uh, scores what I thought was quite a good goal, did you know? Some finish, aye, he's done really well. I think he's got to keep on a bit cold, because it yeah. looks as though he could take another touch and then hit it, but he hits it first mm-hmm. time, and he hits it early. But it's some finish, it's across the goalie into the inside netting, right, for arguably a tight angle, and he's on it quick as well he's, he's full belt so yeah. full credit great finish yeah, I was impressed with him I thought, I thought he, he worked hard and it's again he's one of the guys you're kind of rooting for because of the effort he makes you know you can tell he's obviously working hard and trying to get yourself into uh, the manager's plan so yeah. I, I hope it works out for him over the course of the, the season same there's not much um, if you're happy for me to move on to Candy Corner there's, nope. no, there's no much um, there's not much in there uh, okay. this week it's been a pretty quiet week uh, not, not a great deal has happened, but uh, I'll, I'll hopefully have some news for you next week with regards to players signing or re-signing, I should say, for the for the upcoming season. Um, but aside for that, mate, because I've been on holiday, I've barely been in the loop as to, as to what's going on. That's all right. Take your time. Get, relax back into your role. What is that? Uh, I, um, I forgot. I've got one other small piece of news. Why? Just remembered. Today is a good post day for myself and for many other people. Strips are arriving. Cross. Strips are arriving. The strips are arriving. I've had a few texts for the boys. So uh, I keep an eye on your post box, folks, if you've ordered a strip. Um, did you just got a stab in it? No, I've, I've I checked, thoroughly checked, and uh, I gave the, the delivery man eyeballs as well. I was like, I'm watching you, mate. Because I've, I've got a tracker to come as well. So I think I just I wanted to make sure that he knew I wasn't to be messed with. Aye. Um. Should we move on to our, our final segment of the weekend? final segment, yes. This is uh, record time, isn't it? I don't think we've ever got to a final segment after 36 minutes. No, we're absolutely battering through. But that's fine because we're busy. Well, I'm busy. Busy man. Okay. Who, who's um, going first? You, you start first. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm just going to provide you with a Portuguese proverb... And then I'm not going to say anything else about it. <laughs> the dogs bark and the caravan moves. The caravan goes on. That's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> so that, um, was, that was his first presser, I think, wasn't it? Brother Pedro, Agent Pedro. I have no idea. Was it, it, was, after, it was very early doors anyway. Was it? I thought it was after progress. Mm, I will. It what was... Mean? They were getting slated anyway, and that was his response to it. It was, it was kind of a, it was a, a really weak attempt at saying we don't really care what people shout at us. We just keep going. We don't care what the animals say. Is that what you're uh, that's what I'm saying. Um, I've got I've got a quick banter your story for you, but and I also think we should pay our respects um, to, to to something after after it. Um, I'm going to read you a headline. As is my style, I like to read just the headline because I think mm-hmm. it's it's great when you just take it like sort of and it's in. Um, Rangers boss Ali McCoy's rages at fixtures farce. Angry Ali McCoy's last night hit out SPFL bosses for forcing Rangers to play four games in 11 days, blasting them. Different initials, same old story. <laughs> Rangers are 14 points clear at the top of League One and have a wage bill 11 times the size of everybody else in the league combined. 
How dare they? How dare they? I know. Same old SPFL. Same old. So is it different initials? Same old story. Um, but you got to feel for them. <laughs> you really got to feel for them. Um, I also just want to kind of just just give a quick shout out to uh, Tom, the commentator. Aye. Who this week has not lost his job, but I'm led to believe has been sidelined. He's been marginalised, hasn't he? He's oh. been replaced by Clive Townsley. Clive um, Townsley. Who recently um, was, was bagged by ITV and went on the internet and made a big song and dance about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now commentator for Rangers TV for home games. Tom Com, I believe, will still be doing some away games, but other than that, he's been uh, sidelined. That's hilarious. Clive Townsley doesn't want to go away to the 20 Macaroni Arena on a Wednesday night in November. No. But he'll sit in, he'll sit in his uh, heated booth at Ibrooks. That's funny, mate. Yeah, he'll be able to, if, if, if Tom Colm was sitting next to him, he could probably just radiate off that big red face. You know what I mean? Aye. He was saying, that's personal. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> that was bang out, wasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> I actually don't mean Tom Colm. He seems like a nice, he actually seems like a nice guy on Twitter. Uh, he's just doing for scanning these messages all the time, and I think the two of them just, you know, just normal folk. But you put him behind the mic, <laughs> you put him in front of a Rangers game. Tom Comet is an absolute um, purveyor, a part of big time. And, he's uh, been quite the source. He's been quite the source, and it's it's a shame to see him demoted from his role in this potentially historic season. Aye, do we think that we'll get some more sound bites from our man Clive? I don't know, but it's going to be really interesting to to watch because. <laughs> because I don't know if he knows what he's signed up for. No, he's not got a clue. He, he would not have done it. There's no way you go from commentating on World Cup finals and Champions League finals and all that to sitting watching Rangers against Ross County. And <laughs> I, he's not got a clue. No. Which I mean, I'm, I'm well, I'm well for that because you'd be taking a pretty penny off him as well. There's, but anyway, I think we should maybe finish on that. Um, Aye. You've got lots and lots to do. GG. But, um, it's a big uh, GG and thanks for thanks for the memories Aye. to, to Tomcom. F, F in the chat. F in the, F in the group chat. <laughs> um, and they'll be uh, taking it to the SFA on Monday. Aye. Right. Well, well that's thanks. thanks very much for taking 40 minutes of your busy schedule. Not a problem, mate. Anything for, for our listeners. Not you, for and, the listeners, uh, mate. And we'll be back next week, eh? Back, hopefully, with another bang. See you later, dear. Yeah. Right, uh, I'll see you next week. Yes, pleasure. See you later on. Thanks, folks. <laughs> <laughs>